Today I'm excited because we're in this series, Change Your World, and we have a world changer with us today. Um, I don't say this lightly at all, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to exaggerate the situation because I'm going to be as, as honest as I can. We read the book of Acts. We read about the Apostle Paul going into parts of the world that have never heard the name of Jesus, never heard the gospel, and he builds churches out of nothing. And when we get to heaven, there's going to be a whole section on the Apostle Paul that we can study and read and, and talk to him. Well, I want you to know, in heaven, there's going to be an entire section on the guests that we have today. Because 22 years ago, he went to a country that less than 1% of the people know the name of Jesus. 0.4% of his nation is Christian. That means out of every 100 people, you got one arm and maybe a half a leg that's saved. That's it. Not even a whole person, like 0.4% of a person. And he went there 22 years ago, and you're going to hear a little bit of his story, and they built one of the greatest churches uh, in the world. I've heard about this man for years. He is a legend in the circles that I run with. He's uh, my pastor, Chris Hodges. He, he looks at him as one of the greatest missionaries alive today. The disciples are in heaven right now reading about his exploits in Japan. And so we are incredibly humbled today and honored to have this man here because he is a modern-day apostle. He's a modern-day uh, writing the book of Acts as he goes. They're going to read his stories years and years to come. The people in heaven are cheering and on for the work that he's doing. He's, honestly, I don't know how they do it. It's the toughest place in the world to pastor, build, and lead. I mean, I, I can't even imagine what they go through every week to even do church like this, the challenges that they have and the faith that they have to persevere. It's absolutely incredible. And so I'm glad he's here today. We're a local church with a global impact, and this is one of our partners that we're supporting, that we're, we want to get behind him and invest in what they're doing to see them continue to change the world they're in. And he's going to share his story with us today. So would you welcome Pastor Rod Plummer? Yeah, fantastic. Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm not Japanese. Do you know that? Uh, we're actually from Australia, and my son Monty is here with me. He runs the Tokyo campus. He's a great young pastor, he and his wife. Uh, but we went to Japan 22 years ago, and we loved it. Isn't that good? We love the Japanese. They're so cute. You know, they, I love, love meeting people after church. Their first time ever hearing of Jesus, first time ever in church. And I meet them in the coffee time afterwards, and I bow when they bow. And they're cute. And uh, I say to my Japanese church, you're the cutest church in the world. We love you so much. But we meet them first time in church. And I say, did you, did you enjoy church? And they say, oh, so, 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 so. It's very good. Uh, did you enjoy the music? Oh, very surprising good. And uh, I said, did, did you, were the people friendly? So, 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 so. And then I say, did you enjoy my message? And they say, we totally didn't understand your message. <laughs> and then I ask another question. But was it good? Was it positive or negative? And they, 100% of the time, they say it was positive. In fact, it's, it's a journey. It's a journey of leading people towards Christ in many parts of the world. Isn't that right? I'm sure you were a journey too. I was a journey too, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But as we came to Japan, we had a revelation that although this nation had never heard Jesus, Jesus was in us. You know, Jesus said that. This is not my message today, but I just want you to know that wherever you are, Jesus is. So when you go into a dark environment, 
It doesn't, make you, it doesn't mean you get dark. It means the environment just got brighter, right? Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. And a lot of people say to us, you know, is, is, it, is it difficult to live in a dark place? And I've lived in other dark places of the world. We lived uh, many, many years in Thailand, and we love Thailand. And, but people ask, is it darker there? And I, I sort of, I think we need to get this correct. Because where we are, Jesus says, doesn't change the presence of God in our life. You need to understand that. So whether we're in Jerusalem or Dallas or San Diego or Japan, the presence of God is the same. Because the kingdom of God is within you. Come and say amen. amen. We need to understand wherever we go, when someone says this is a dark place, we, we go there. I'm not talking about going to like nightclubs and that. I'm not talking about that. But just wherever we go in our life, God is with us. And we developed a church in Japan and we realized very early on, very, very early on, that we must be a church of praise. This is a church of praise, amen? And we've felt it since we came in here, the music and the singing and the uh, seeing your faces. I've met some of you on Friday night and some Saturday morning. And I tell you, this is, a day, this is a place of praise. My message today is called Praise Will Change Your World. And it's going to link in with your series. And this is not to instruct you that you need to be full of praise, although it might. But I want to encourage you the power of praise again. Is that okay? So I want to wheel back before I became a believer. So back in Sydney, Australia, I grew up, my dad left when we were eight years old. He left the home forever and didn't have much to do with my dad uh, for, for many, many years. And um, my mum had to work very, very hard hours. She was almost never at home. So I had two older sisters and they were out. So it was just me. And, and um, in, in, our, in our big, big lounge room, there was a bookshelves full of occult books. And so as a young, lonely lad, I, even very young, I used to open up the, the books and start to read about New Age. And so I became a New Ager at a very young age and uh, sort of very strange person, got me into a lot of trouble. But the more I, I, I was doing that, the more I was seeking purpose, right? I wasn't seeking the evil things, I was seeking purpose. And so as I got into adult years, I read other books and Went to university, I bought other books and got more and more into New Age and Occult. And every time I did, it made me more sad. And every time I did, it made me more depressed. I had no other way, no other purpose. And I finally left, left university and went to become a fireman. Any fireman here today? Come on, fireman, we love you guys. And in the fire station, I found a lot of purpose. It was good, but it was still me there. And... Uh, there, there came a time as a young fireman, I, I had what I call my, my night of awakening. The awakening moment where something dramatic happened in my life that I will look back now. I was like I was there right now. It was a moment where it just changed my life. We were in a big fire. Me and my two fireman friends were leaning against each other, as you do. Big factory fire in Sydney, and um, there was explosions within the factory. It was a paint-thinner factory and other chemicals in there, and they were blowing up one by one. Boom, boom. And it was getting closer, and we could feel the heat from inside. And then the walls started cracking. The, 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 the brick walls started cracking, and, and we're just looking at each other. And, and the one thing in the fire department in Australia we're told is you never let, ho you never let go of the nozzle. Because full power nozzle will act like a garden hose and go like that. 
So you imagine a big nozzle, big, big copper nozzle going off at that. So we were told you never, ever let go of the hose no matter what. And we were, we were there and these explosions are happening and my commanding officer came up and said to us three, if I tell you to run, drop the hose and run. Like never. And within 10 seconds, he yelled, run! And we three had already in that 10 seconds organized, you know, one, two, three, drop. And so we did that one, two, three, drop. We dropped the hose. Don't know what happened to that. We ran across the road. There was explosions happening behind us. It was like the Matrix with bricks flying. And we ran across the road and across the road. We, we looked back and, and uh, there was, you know, it was just on, everything was on fire. It was gone. And, and, uh, and uh, in our pathway, we had just run through were bricks. There's bricks. They went past us, they went everywhere, they're in our field where we'd just run, and yet we were unharmed. I was into the occult, I didn't like Christians, I'd done nothing good, and yet something had protected me. You know that power, at that time I didn't. And that was the night I looked up at heaven, it was a, a dark night, I was wet from the, from the water of the hose and I was hot from the heat and I was in absolute shock at what had just occurred and I looked up at it. my two friends had walked away and I stood up there and I said one word, I said, who are you? Well, that's three words actually, I said, who are you? And it sent me on a search and my two friends, I had two friends that were a Christian, I didn't always have friends that were a Christian but... I had two friends at this time that were Christians and they said, Rod, you need to read the Bible. And I said, no. And they said, Rod, if we gave you any spiritual book in the world from any religion and we said, read it, would you read it? I said, yes. And they said, well, why wouldn't you read the Bible? I said, good challenge. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, isn't it good to have good friends, right? <laughs> like wise people that say, wouldn't you just give it a go? I said, where do I read? And they opened up to the book of Mark, a brand new Bible. And it was in 1979, I, I got saved there. I was 19 years old. Oh, sorry, I wasn't saved at this point. They gave me a Bible. And, but if they'd given me an old language English Bible, I would not have read it. I would not have read it. It, it would have been hard to read. But that year, the NIV just came out in the world. It's amazing. That year, the, the new translation called the NIV came out in 1979, the whole Bible. They gave me a Bible, opened it, the book of Mark, and said, would you read from here? I said, yeah. I started to read. Read about Jesus. Isn't that good? And the more I read about Jesus, the more I liked Jesus. And then the more I read about Jesus, the more I really liked Jesus. And then the more I read about Jesus, the more I started to pray to the Jesus I didn't yet know. It's called journey. New ages go on this journey. I know this journey. In Japan, we're seeing Japanese on the same journey that I went through when I was 19. The journey where we're sort of forward and backwards. Like some days we're, yeah, wanted more reading and next day we don't want to read. And so this journey and the, I had demonic power in my life and, and there was a battle and there was, it was nasty things. And, and so it was back and forth for six months. I read the whole New Testament. It was amazing. Book of Revelation was a bit of a... <laughs> These guys are on drugs too, right? So <laughs> until I learned to love the book of Revelation... But I love Jesus as a seeker. 
My life hadn't changed at all. And so six months in, my friends finally said, would you come to church? And I exploded in anger at them. I said, no! Could you believe the next week they asked me to go to church again? Like, what is wrong with these people? Next week they said, would you like to go to church? I said, sure. Because a lot can happen in a week in the life of a seeker. Come on, someone say amen. Come on, you're praying for people. Come on. We're praying for people. We're praying that God would do something and a lot can happen in a day or a week in the life of a seeker. I call it a moment of awakening where God touches them. Isn't that what happened to the Apostle Paul? Isn't that what happened to people we read in the Bible? Isn't that what happened to you? There was a moment where there was an awakening when we say, who are you? And now I was saying, I want to know you. So I went to that little church with them. It wasn't a church like this. It's a very little church full of older people. I'm from a surfing community, so nothing wrong with older people, but it wasn't my community. It wasn't my people. The music was on an organ. I didn't make sense to me. I didn't like hymns. Nothing wrong with hymns, folks, but this is my story, okay? Are we good? Are we good? Are we friends? Went to church, little church. At the end of the service, my friends walked away. I was left sitting there alone. There was no a chance to know God. There was no prayer at the end to receive Jesus. I, I didn't know anything, and I stood up by myself, and it was the time. What time? The time to receive Jesus. And I said my prayer was one word. I said it out loud. No one heard me. I was by myself. I said, now. And as I said now, in a split second, the demonic power in me left me forever. And the power of God came on me forever. And I laughed and I cried and I received grace and I received forgiveness and I received joy and I received everything that Jesus had for me. And I hadn't done a good thing yet. It's called grace, right? You know that word. (laughs) Some of you don't deserve it. I don't deserve it, but we get it anyway. It's called grace. So I had a real revelation of this from the very first day of being a believer that that none of this is because we're good enough. None of this. I hadn't done a thing, but I got everything. And from that night, my life changed. Now, my brain needed some renewal, right? The Bible says renew your mind through getting in the Word and getting into prayer, right? There's a journey, but our spirit is renewed immediately. I was a new person. It's supernatural. Transformation. And this has been my message as a young adult and then into my older years is to everyone. It's, it's not about education. This is not about making people better. That comes with the transformation. Amen? But the transformation is an act of God. It happens as we receive God's word and his Holy Spirit touch. And today we're praising and we're worshiping and we're reading and all these things. And praise will change your world. My message today is called Praise Will Change Your World. Praise. And that night in that church, I learned to praise. I got in my little car and I drove to my friend, the, the, my friend the Christian, and I, I, I knocked on his door and he opened the door and I said, yes! <laughs> and he said, yes what? I believe Jesus. And he said, what? I said, weren't you believing? He said, yeah, sort of. (laughs) I was different. I was changed. So now I'm the fireman who goes to work the next day with my platoon of 54 men, the biggest platoon in in Australia in the fire brigade, in a city, Sydney, go to the guys. I said, guys, good news. I become a Christian. 
They said, oh yeah, Rod, whatever, and I walked off. <laughs> Love those guys, but they weren't impressed at all. Because I was still me, right? Three days later, I'm telling people that Jesus is better than drugs. That's an interesting thing to say. <laughs> the drug pusher in the station was not happy. He'd lost a customer and I was trying to make him lose other customers. He caught me out in the hose drying yard area alone. And he comes up to me and he says, you will never say that again in this fire station. And he hit me in the head. Hit me fair in the nose. Now, that's pretty confronting, right? <laughs> Praise your Lord, got hit in the nose, yay. At the same time, my mate, you know, we call friends mates in Australia, right? G'day, mate, how you going? Just didn't want to disappoint you, all right? And uh, <laughs> my mate, think of Jason Statham, yeah. mate. His name was Steve, but think of Jason Statham. Think of Rambo if you're old like me. Think of that guy, my friend, walked out. He's British, and, and I'm from a British background, so if I take off a British accent, I'm not being rude, okay? Is everyone okay? Yeah. He walks out like Jason Statham, like that. <laughs> He's not that tall, but he is wired. He used to be in the British Army, SAS, in the Middle East. He was a, a, a wild man. He, what, he still was a wild man, my friend Steve. Walked out, Oi! walks up, saw me get hit. Here's my mate. Grabs the drug pusher by his clothes here and says to him, Oi! If you ever touch Rod again, I'll kill you. <laughs> and in that single day, I learnt you're going to get hit and you're going to have some amazing friends. <laughs> Give the Lord a praise. Come on. I was still shaken. Like, that's pretty intense. Three days of being a Christian. Went home in my, my room alone. I was a single guy. And uh, I, I, I was, you know, my, my adrenaline was still going. I was... I was thinking, this, this, this guy's in my life, I'm going to have to face him the next morning. And I'm in my room, it was two o'clock in the evening, I had my little bar heater on, it was cold in Sydney, and, and in the front of the bar, so I just remember everything, right? And just the bar heater, and I'm there, and I'm, I'm, I, do the, I do the new Christian thing. I, I say, God, you've got to speak to me, open the Bible, put my finger down. <laughs> Even for old Christians, it works sometimes doesn't work sometimes. Like the guy on the plane, you know, the guy on the plane, a bit of turbulence and he's Christian and he's, oh God, oh God, he opens the Bible, puts his finger down and it says, today you'll be with me in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> For the older Christian, it works sometimes. For the new Christian, it's amazing. Opened it up, finger down, it was on Isaiah 7, 9, it just said, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. I got a word, my first word from God, three days in, that I'm telling you about today, 44 years later. Can you see how it was seared into my spirit? Come on. And since that time in missions, I've been jailed for the gospel and, and hit for the gospel and scratched for the gospel. And, but if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. I was hoping for a really kind verse, like, my little lamb, I'm going to take care of you. I don't know if that's even a verse, but anyway. <laughs> oh, God, you're pretty tough, you know. But I learned God is a father. Yeah. 
And I never had a father growing up, but now I've got a father in heaven. And my father in heaven said, boy, get tough now. Because you're going to have to face that guy tomorrow at the, drugs, at the fire station. So I went to bed. I wrote it down. And next morning, I knew I'd written something. I forgot it. I opened the Bible. I opened my book. And there it was. If you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Help me. And honestly, I went to, I went to work without the anxiety. And that drug pusher never came near me again. Because of God and because of Steve. Right? <laughs> I'm going to take some of my time telling you these stories. But I tell you, I believe that God has a word for you here today. And I had to learn how to praise in the hard times. Day three. Got hit in the head. Go home. Praise the Lord. And God did a miracle. Well, Steve, six weeks later, my friend, he's into the occult more than me. He's into this astral projection stuff. I never did that. I... Uh, I, I, st- I said, Steve, I've become a Christian. He said, that's good, Rod. That's good for you. And I said, Steve, it could be for you. He said, no, 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 I've got my own religion, Rod. I said, what's your religion, Steve? He said, i got Steve religion. <laughs> I said, what's Steve religion? He said, oh, I'm the most powerful spirit in the universe. <laughs> I said, that's good, Steve. I hope that's always the way. But if you ever get in trouble, remember the name Jesus. That's what I said to him. Remember the name Jesus. He said, oh, yeah, don't need that. I said, okay, remember the name Jesus. Six weeks later, in the fire station, in the fire station, you're allowed to sleep until 6 a.m. on your shift if there's no fires. It's a good job right there. And um, 5 o'clock in the morning, he wakes me up, shakes me. Now, this guy's a guy, honestly, I'm serious. He really is the most fearless person I've ever met. He would walk through a bunch of firemen, just walk through the midst of them talking, and everyone would give way. Like, he's a seriously scary guy. And he woke me up in a panic, in fear. I could see his face. He was already white from being British, but he was really white. <laughs> Come on, I'm from British background too. I'm not being racist. I'm in one of them. And uh... <laughs> he said, get up, get up. I said, what is it, Steve? He said, he said, I almost died. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I was doing my Steve religion. I was astral projecting. I was out there. And all of a sudden, in my body, I could not breathe. There was something on my chest, pressing, pressing down. And he said, I called on my mind. Steve, Steve, and nothing happened. Steve, nothing happened. <laughs> this is true. I'm telling you the truth, all right? And he said, I remember what you said, Rod. If Steve religion doesn't work, call in the name of Jesus. And he said, right there, I couldn't breathe. I was, I was, and anyone else you think, well, you just had a bad dream. You had too much pizza, right? But this is Steve Dixon. This is Steve. Most fearless man I've ever met. He said, I couldn't breathe and I was dying and I couldn't even say the word that you said, Jesus, but I said it without voice. And instantly the thing left me. He said, Rod, would you lead me to know Jesus right now? Come on, give a little bit of big praise. Come on. I won't talk about Steve except to say he got married, kids, worshipping the Lord. They saw them years later. The, the teenage Steve, his wife, the teenagers at that time, praising God in our church. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. Friends, I tell you, this is a great life of praise. It's going to change your world. When we learn to praise God in the good times and the hard times. And so I want to, I want to t- read some scriptures and then I'm going to come back to our story before I finish. have got a lot to do, okay? So I'm going to read some scriptures from, from uh, Acts chapter 16. One of my favorite scriptures and uh, in this story, they go to the, the Europe for the very first time, Paul and his, his, his friends, Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke 
we think, went to Philippi, a Roman city in Greece. There was Roman soldiers there. It was under Rome, and they get there, and they can't find a synagogue. They can't find Jewish people. And back then, if you don't have 10 men, you can't make a synagogue. There was less than 10 Jewish men in a very, very large Roman city called Philippi. He gets there, he goes to the river, he finds some women praying. They are the Jewish people of those who had come to faith in a Jewish God and finds a woman there called Lydia, a very wealthy woman making purple cloth from mollusks, from little seashells by the beach. And she's making this great, she's a businesswoman. And Paul talks to her. And then Paul goes out and there's a, a girl following who's got an evil spirit. And after a few days, she's calling out, this is a way of salvation. That's what the Greek says, not the way. This is a way. It's one of the many ways to God. And Paul's got upset, turns around and says, be free. And it says the spirit of Python left the girl and, and, and uh, she got set free. But her owners who got money from her were very upset. And so they uh, make a scene goes to prison. I don't know if we've got the scriptures here. We're going to read a few scriptures. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. For what? For preaching the gospel and setting a girl free. That's not fair. Where was God? Well, God was with them in the hard times. After they had been severely flogged by Romans, this is bad, they were thrown in prison, not like a San Diego prison. Not like a Japanese prison that has heated toilet seats. That's an in-joke. Okay, right there. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he had received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. But isn't it good news that their hands were not put in the stocks? Because you know what they're going to do with their hands, don't you? What are they going to do? Raise, Raise their hands. And something is going to happen. Praise changes our world. And I'm not saying life is easy. In fact, life is hard and life is long. You better get used to it. Not easy, but it's good. And it's good with Jesus. Your marriage is not always easy, but it's good with Jesus. I'm just being honest with you. Life is long. Praise is a great way to change our world. Every morning in Tokyo, I love to wake up before everyone's in the house and I pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Great be your name. Unique, special be your name. That's the way I start my day. Not because I'm special. I just learned a habit. It's a good habit. It's a praise habit. My hands go up and I just say that prayer and I'm, I'm into the day. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to go because I'm starting my day with praise. Why don't you try that? Not out of law, but... Out of habit, it's a really good thing. But we're going to read what happens next because they're in the cell at midnight and the Bible still uses the word midnight as a signal. It was midnight. But they're telling us it was really the darkest hour of the night. It's, the mid, it's midnight, midnight, mid-trial, tough, in a cell, feet in dirty stocks, probably rats and cockroaches around their feet. Come on, you know what a dirty cell in some of those places are like there. Well, you may not, but they're really bad. I know. <laughs> About midnight, Paul and Silas were what? Praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. The guards made a mistake. They didn't separate Paul and Silas. 
And the two of them made a prayer meeting. Isn't that cool? The two of them became an auditorium. It became a celebration. I'm so sorry. They were having a cell group meeting. I'm really sorry. They're together and their hands are free and they're together and they're singing. They're changing their world in the prison and it's going to be amazing what God is about to do. I got hit in the face. Why? I don't know, but as a result, Steve saved me and then Steve got saved. So, I don't know. Life's tough. Let's keep praising. Amen? They're praising God in the prison and something then happens. Next verse. It says about midnight. Okay. The other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains come loose. That's called a Holy Spirit earthquake. Because no one got hurt and everyone got free. There are other earthquakes that cause destruction. We have many in Japan. But this is a God earthquake. And sometimes God sends a God earthquake to change your circumstance. Right in the middle of the trial as we praise. Praise gives God the opportunity to change our circumstances. It does. So let me get back to my story in Japan. We arrive in Japan 22 years ago. My wife had had a vision of a big wave, a tsunami wave. And the word tsunami is a Japanese word. And the only clue we had to this big vision, she had a vision of an actual wave hitting her in the Holy Spirit. She was filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with love. And she was impacted by this vision. And we said, what is this? And tsunami is a Japanese word. Long story short, we felt to give up all our everything in Australia, go to Japan. But the team of 10 young Australians, those first few months were the hardest in our whole life. Money we expected did not come. Help we expected did not materialize. We were in Japan alone, in a way. We had a lot of prayer support, but we got together every Wednesday night, me and the 10 young Aussies. And we praised in the hard times. And we went round, and every time we asked them, What's up, what good happened this week? It was a ridiculously bad meeting that we made ridiculously good. First person, well, this week, hard week, but I didn't go back to Australia. Yay. <laughs> Great news. Next person. Yeah, me too. I was on a train, went to the airport, but I got off before, so I didn't go to the airport and go to Australia. Yay. Third person. This is true. Third person. I had a job interview. I didn't get the job, but it, it was my first job interview. Yay. And we started laughing. And we started praising. It was our prison. Why was it so hard? I don't know. But God forged joy in our team. God forged, if you don't stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all in our team. God forged something in the tough time. Three and a half months later, we see our very first Japanese name is Yuya. University student, very smart, but very nervous. Comes to church, says, hello, I'm Yuya. I'm not here for Jesus, I'm here for English. We say, welcome. You're always welcome. And he says, can I play in your band? We had a little band, it wasn't great, but we had a really good drummer. 
He says, can I play the drums? I said, sorry, you, yeah, you can't play drums because we have a really good drummer, but could you play bass? Because drums is like bass, right? All you musicians, right? No. He gave me a Japanese answer. He says, I can't today, but I can next week. That's a Japanese answer right there. He asks for the sheet music. He takes it home. He comes next week with his new bass on his back. He's learned, all the, he's learned to play bass. He's learned all the songs. Sits down, tunes up. Says, yeah, yeah. He said, Pastor Rod, you said if I learned in a week, I could play in the band. I did. You're playing in the band. Well, Yuya was the first Japanese we saw give our life to Jesus. A few weeks later, we went to the beach. He comes up to me and says, Pastor Rod, you've been taking some Bible studies. And today, I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life. Come on, give the Lord a big praise. All my Australians... Young Australians have been going through hell. Can you use that word in America? I'm sorry. It was really tough. Really tough. I started crying. Gathered around. Baptized him the same day because we'd taken him through those studies also. And my team crying. They said, if it was for this one, we would have come to Japan. If it was for this one, we would have gone through this pain. The earthquake started... And we started to see souls saved in Japan. Isn't that exciting? Something had broken. Something had happened. And the last thing I want to say is, change, is praise will change other people's worlds as well. Because in the prison, they'd never heard singing to God. It was a different voice. They'd never heard that voice. They'd never heard people praising in the hard moments. And friends, I want to tell you, although I don't welcome the hard moments, we've got to keep singing in the hard moments. Because God can send a God earthquake, and it says that the others were listening to them. They come out of prison. There's a move of God in Philippi that lasts for a long, long time. Great church is planted out of that night, out of that beating and prison. And praise and earthquake, they go to Lydia's place and they start a house church and then they start a bigger church. And history tells us there was a very large church formed in Philippi where probably Luke was for many years, the one who wrote the Gospel of Luke. Became a great church. In Tokyo, we've been there 22 years now. And we have seen thousands of Japanese give their lives to Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a big praise. If you went there, you'd think, yeah, it's full of praise. It's full of joy. We're really, we're really silly in front of our church. We have a lot of fun. But we're very serious about worshipping the Lord and the Word of God. Friends, I want to tell you, my message today is really simple. Praise will change our world. Some of you need to come into that. Some of you have left it, maybe come back to it. And some of you here might be saying, well, like I did right at the beginning, who are you? that can change lives, transform lives. Not make people better. That is not the gospel. The gospel is to transform the heart supernaturally. Amen.